0: Diving deep into Cardinals baseball with World Series champion Brad Thompson on the Redbird Report podcast on 101 ESPN. Driven by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome into another edition of the Redbird Report. My name is Brad Thompson. I'm your host as always, and I'm sitting here in sunny Milwaukee as the Cardinals start a three-game set over the weekend against the Brew Crew. A lot has changed since last we spoke here on the podcast because last time out, we were talking about a great series victory over the Toronto Blue Jays. We were talking about this offense and how powerful it can be, it will be throughout the season, and And then lo and behold, three games later, the Braves come into town, eat your lunch, and things feel a little bit different. That's how baseball works, especially in the first week of the season. So we'll certainly get into the Braves series. We'll get into some trends that are happening with this team that we don't like. And we'll get into Hustlegate as well as the Tyler O'Neill, Ollie Marmel situation blew up during the week. We'll touch on some of those things. I did, though, and you guys know me. I'm positive, Pete, okay? I wanted to start with a little good news. Can we do some good news before we get into this Brewers series? How about Jordan Walker? Young man has now hit in six straight. Every game he's been in there, he's got a knock, and he collected his first of many major league home run against the Braves. It was a 2-2 hanging slider from Michael Tum- And he put it 104.2 miles per hour off the bat over the wall in left field. Congratulations to Jordan. Also added an RBI double in the ninth innings. It looked like the Cardinals were about to mount a comeback. But Jordan Walker has been such a bright spot for this team. And he's also a guy that just brightens up your day when you get a chance to talk to him. Always smiling, always positive, always happy. Uh, it's, it's cool to see him have the success that he's having at 20 years old. And, look, I don't think it's going to be too long until you see him near the top of the order as opposed to hitting near the end of it. They've taken a lot of pressure off of him, letting him ease into the big leagues, which is a very smart thing to do. But the skill set that he has with his bat-to-ball ability, with the speed that he has, and with the power, you got a feeling that we might see him closer to the top of the order, maybe hitting in front of Goldie and Arenado as opposed to hitting behind him. We'll see, right? That's down the road. That's not my job, but I think that we might end up seeing that. So now where do you want to go? We did the good news, and that's basically the good news. Like There was not that much good news coming out of the Brave series where really they beat the Cardinals in every facet of the game. Starting pitching was better. Timely hitting was better. Defensively, they were better. Base running, the Braves were better. I mean, they checked all the boxes against the Cardinals. A disappointing series. You know the Braves are a good team. They're a really, really good team. They're a better team than the Cardinals. I think that I can say that right now and feel pretty confident in that. Will that still be the case come September, October? I don't know. I don't know. But the Cardinals have a lot of things to figure out. And the first thing that we should probably talk about that needs to get better and it needs to get better in a hurry is is the starting pitching. The Cardinals' rotation now, and they've gone through one-plus times. Miles Michaelis has got two starts. As I'm sitting here in Milwaukee, Jack Flaherty is going to get his second start tonight. The Cardinals' rotation has a 7.14 ERA. That's 28th in all of baseball, only two teams worse. Those two teams are the A's and the Red Sox. You're also in the same neighborhood as, like, the Tigers. Not exactly where you're looking to be with this rotation. And the, the hard part is this was a part of the team that was under the microscope all offseason long most people looked at it and say all right well this is a place the Cardinals could add here will they go out and spend on one of these big free agents will they go get Carlos Rodon Verlander was out there don't know how much uh, how how much they kicked around spending 43 million dollars a year on a pitcher but it appears as if there's a need for a frontline starter and I still believe that to be the case even though one may emerge here during the season, but first time around, pretty bad. I mean, not what you're looking for out of this Cardinals rotation. Again, we had so many eyes focused on what are these guys going to do? How are they going to come out this year? Will they prove everybody wrong? Well, not first time around, that is for sure, albeit against a couple of very good offenses in the Blue Jays and the Braves. But, look, uh, these are the offenses you're going to play in October, right? Uh, you're not the same pitcher right now that you are in October, but if, like, that's what you're looking at, say, well, these guys are really good. Well, if you want to win a championship, you got to be able to beat very good teams very good offenses and the first time around overall for the Cardinals they weren't able to do that in their rotation again a 7.14 ERA they're also averaging 4.83 innings per game start that's 24th so they're not giving you quality and they're not giving you length. That ends up being a problem because the bullpen for the Cardinals has done a good job overall. The, the guys have been solid. I think there are a couple of hiccups here and there. Hicks, actually, uh, being one who is, has been hit or miss while he's been out there. We know the upside that he ends up having. But you're going to wear this bullpen down if you're not getting deeper into some of these games and giving some of these quality outings that I believe, are there for this rotation. Now, along with that 7.14 ERA for the starters with a bunch of damage being done early, my goodness, can we get out of a first inning? Just one clean first inning would be really nice. But within that, there was a good outing. There was a very good outing. There was a scoreless outing. There was a hitless outing from a starter, and that was Jack Flaherty. Last time out, he went five shutout innings against the Blue Jays and got the job done. Like, it, boy, it didn't look exactly like he wanted it to look because in those five innings, he also walked seven, seven guys, a career high, not shockingly for Jack Flaherty, and he hit a guy. But the key is, don't let the other team score. And that's what Jack did. Jack was able to bear down when he really needed to and make some pitches. And it's really funny because it didn't feel like it was going to be one of those games where he was going to have to battle. That first inning, the first two batters, he got two outs in four pitches. But, boy, Jack is just going to hes gonna go. And then he had Vlad Guerrero Jr. down 0-2. It's like, well, here we go. Jack attack. Here it comes. And then he walked three and then finally got to a 3-2 count, punched out Brandon Belt in that first inning to get out of it and it was a high wire act the entire time but I do believe Jack Flaherty from a year ago doesn't get through that I think Jack Flaherty from a year ago he ends up crumbling in maybe the second inning and things aren't going well you in the past would see it on him you could read his face you could read his body language and you could tell that he was defeated on the mound he was not happy out on the mound but he was confident and he made adjustments and he made in-game adjustments and he got better as the game went on in the fourth fifth inning unfortunately for him the pitch count ended up just getting way too high but he recognized that his arm slot wasn't where it needed to be he dropped that down a little bit then started getting the action on the pitches that he wanted That's uh, that's maturing. That's maturing as a pitcher is knowing yourself mechanically and also knowing emotionally that you can't do some of the things that you've done in the past. He talked about it after the game. He said, if I get mad out there, the only person or people that it's helping is the opposition. And he's right. But in the moment, those are very difficult lessons to think about or to learn because anger happens a lot, or at least did to me, when you go out there and you're walking the house and nothing goes the way you want it to go, but he was able to get over that. Now the question will be, can Jack clean it up against a very good Brewers team right now? We came in talking about the pitching for the Brewers. He knew that was going to be good, and I believe that will continue to be good. But offensively, they're getting it done. The Brewers are coming in on a five-game win streak. They just swept the Mets, and they've scored seven or more runs in each of the last four games. Pretty impressive, and they've also shown off the long ball. Brian Anderson, the former Marlin, he's got three home runs already early on the season. So does Garrett Mitchell, their young center fielder. Bryce Tarang, the rookie second baseman, he's having a very good start to the season. Jesse Winker, you guys remember him from the Reds? Well, he came over from the Seattle Mariners. He's been a very good fit so far. Like, it's not a chock full of household names outside of Christian Yelich, which really isn't doing anything right now. It's been a forgettable last couple of seasons for him. We know that Willie Adamas is a pretty good player, but they've put together some good Good numbers so it's going to be a test for Jack Flaherty and the Cardinals coming into this series. Jack and his career has not fared well at Miller Park. This will be his ninth career start at Miller Park. A 5.84 ERA over 37 innings in those eight starts. So he's going to look to right the ship a little bit there. Everybody that plays in Milwaukee, all of the hitters that go into Milwaukee, they say they love it. The backdrop is one of the best in baseball. So the fastball command is going to have to be there for Jack. If he wants to get to his wipeout slider, he's going to have to put his fastball where he wants to. And I think specifically, he's going to have to be able to, against this Brewers team, pitch inside with that heater. That's going to be one of the things that I'm really looking for out of Jack Flaherty this evening. So as I mentioned off the top, it's Jack Flaherty, Brandon Woodruff tonight, 7-10 first pitch. It's Montgomery and Eric Lauer in game two of this series. And on Easter Sunday, it's going to be Jake Woodford against Freddie Peralta for the Brewers. So a tough task, right? But the Cardinals need to jump back and get back into things and clean a few things up. Had some opportunities in the last couple of games against the Braves. Weren't able to cash in with runners in scoring position. Should be a very good series against the Brewers. All right, let's get into the Tyler O'Neill, Ollie Marmel situation. We all know it was bottom of the seventh, game two against the Braves. Tyler had singled, hit a line drive to left. Jordan Walker singled. Then a couple of batters later, you got Donovan comes in to pitch hit. He hits a single to right field to Ronald Acuna Jr. You've got Tyler's your runner at second. It's going to be a bang-bang play, okay? you got a great arm in Acuna. You've got big-time speed. 97th percentile in speed a year ago was Tyler O'Neill, and said, all right, well, let's run it. They end up sending him, and I think that we can have a back-and-forth on should they have sent him or not. Either way, he was sent. He was dead to rights, and Ollie Marmel didn't really love what he saw from Tyler O'Neill. Yeah, we got a lot of guys playing really hard. That's not our style of play, as far as the the effort round in the bag. There, um, it's unacceptable. So Ollie didn't like the effort. He said it was unacceptable. Talked about the higher standard that the Cardinals have, things that you have to do. But what about Tyler O'Neill? How did he see the situation? Just going on contact. Um, you know, I thought I got a good jump off the bat and um, you know I tried to make a tight turn. Uh, you know, Ronald just got a cannon of an arm out there, he got me down, unfortunately. So, um, you know, got to be better next time. Got to try and get better jump. Um, you know, try and be in there next time. A pretty politically correct answer right there. Didn't get into too many specifics, but then he was asked again about Ali's comments and what Ali had said about his hustle. Here's what Tyler had to say. He was pretty blunt about it. He didn't think I gave the best effort. Um, um, you know, I'm out here every day grinding my grinding my ass off, um, you know, giving it my all and uh, trying to stay on the field for 160 games out here. So, um, you know, like I said, I just got to get a better jump next time and, and I guess, you know, just get around, get around the base a little quicker and, um, you know, be in there next time. So Tyler, obviously a little upset about his manager calling out his hustle. Also later went on to say that he believes that this stuff could have been kept in house. And I think that there's uh, definitely a conversation to be had with that. My thought, and this is without any, any knowledge, right, outside of what we have here on the surface, is I don't think a manager, any manager is going to do that unless there have been prior conversations in private. I could be wrong, but I, I feel like that was the first thought I had. It's like, wow, that, I can't believe he said that. Then the wheels started turning like... Maybe they've talked about this, you know. But Tyler is it, – it, last year was such a frustrating year for him, and that was coming off of a season where he was eighth in the MVP voting in 2021. We saw him put it all together. We saw him hit for power. We saw him hit for average. We saw him get on base at a high clip. We saw him play great defense. And then last year, none of that happened for him. And the main reason none of that happened for him is his body didn't allow him to do it. So he, he went on and he talked a little bit more about – He mentioned multiple times trying to stay on the field for 160, right? Sometimes when you are thinking about preserving yourself for a season, which I'm not saying that's a bad thing to do. The Cardinals would like him to be out there for 160 games, but maybe there are times where you don't give absolutely everything. Maybe there are times where you think, okay, well, this is a spot where maybe I'm worried about the hamstring or something might pop up in a situation. I want to make sure I'm out there tomorrow. I think that's inherent with a lot of people, but it's one where – Ollie and Tyler are going to have to get on the same page as to what is expected day in and day out. And I think from Ollie's standpoint, it's very evident what is expected day in and day out. And from Tyler's standpoint, what can he give you? each and every day so he can stay out there. They they need to have and probably have by this time had that conversation of what that looks like. Now, Tyler wasn't in the lineup the next day, scheduled off day for him. Um, Ollie did, I mean, both of them, backed up their comments the day after it happened. So we're going to see. We're going to see what it looks like. I'm really interested to see what the outfield alignment looks like today against Brandon Woodruff and uh, the Brewers. But it's a situation where you don't like this stuff getting out there, but you also want to see a change happen think that Tyler oneill has got a really good opportunity. They want to give him center field. They want to give him center field and they want him to run with it. I hope that he's going to be able to do so this year because the lineup looks a heck of a lot different with Tyler O'Neill being the guy that we saw a couple of years ago. So that's kind of where we're at right now. I'm sure we'll get plenty of updates in Milwaukee of, of that situation, what the outfield looks like. I'm sure we'll get some updates soon here on Newt Bar. Newt is on the trip, all right? He is in Milwaukee. He's not eligible to come off of the IL yet until Colorado, but there's a good chance we might end up seeing him there. Talk about maybe a corresponding roster move. What does our ideal outfield end up looking like when you're a Cardinal fan? What do you want it to look like from left to right? I think that's a fun conversation we can have, and I bet Newt Barr is in the middle of that. Dylan Carlson has got some reps in center field. The boy's passing the eyeball test looking pretty good out there, and he's putting uh, the, the bat on the ball very well. He looks comfortable out there, so a lot still shaken out in the outfield. Talked about competition all spring training long. Who's going to win? Who's going to win this competition? Who's going to be a part of it? The competition doesn't stop just because the regular season started. These guys are going to keep battling it out for at bats, and as a big league manager, that's what you want. You want these guys fighting for at bats day in and day out. So plenty to keep an eye on this weekend as the Cardinals take on the Brewers in Milwaukee. Again, strong start for the Brewers. They're 5-1, and, and the Cardinals find themselves in the basement of the Central at 2-4. Looking to flip the script this weekend. Jack Flaherty is on the mound tonight against Brandon Woodruff. And hopefully come Monday, we got some good things to talk about. Talk about how the rotation looked better. That the Cardinals were hitting with runners in scoring position. That they came into Milwaukee and did all the things that they needed to do. That There was no questioning of hustle from any player over the weekend. Everybody just going at it against the Brewers. But we'll chop it all up again next week, probably on Monday. Hope everybody has a great Easter weekend. Get to spend some time with your family and enjoy it. We'll talk to you again on Monday. It's the Redbird Report. I'm Brad Thompson. You've been listening to the Redbird Report Podcast with Brad Thompson on 101 ESPN. Driven by Tire and Auto Centers. Check out every episode at 101espn.com or on your 101 mobile app.